you're running a marathon every day, your, your body's under stress. So you wake up in the morning, your, 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 your shoulders down to your feet are sore. You stand up out of bed and you're, you're, uh, you know, you're just about able to stand up straight and you look at the clock and in, in two hours' time, you're starting another marathon. So there was mornings during the 24 marathons I just woke up and I just didn't want to talk to anybody. I would get on to breakfast and I would sit at the opposite end of the whole breakfast hall in the hotel and look at the wall and just not talk to anybody. is the Hard as Nails podcast brought to you by Outsider.ie, Islands Adventure Magazine. And my name is Kevin. Thank you for listening to our sixth episode of the podcast series. We have an extraordinary individual lined up for this episode. He's a marathon runner, but he takes it to a whole other level as he does them by the dozen and a year ago, two dozen at a time, all in the effort to raise funds and awareness for the charity Spina Bifida Hydrocephalus Island. He's also a firm believer and advocate of staying active which makes complete sense as he is the co-owner and runs his own gym called WK Fitness. Our guest is Shane Finn. Shane thank you for giving up some of your time to chat about your experiences and share some of your stories with us on the Hard as Nails podcast. Thank you so much for having me on Kevin looking forward to chatting. Fantastic it's our pleasure Shane. Well firstly your your obsession with marathons it started at a young age and and from what I know you signed up to do your very first one at the age of 17 which is a legal because as you know you have to be 18 years old to to run a marathon <laughs> how did you know that running marathons was something that you could do and, and, and be good at and were you at all an athletic type of kid growing up yeah i guess oh, that's a that's a it's a, a good question and um, i suppose you know growing up kevin i was always very active and mm-hmm. um, i'm from i'm from a part of kerry where um i'm, I'm from a, a gaa and football stronghold um, i'm from southwest kerry mm-hmm. So, um, you know, growing up, all we knew down here was, was football, and that was it. Mm. Uh, I, I guess I ran a little bit from my school and things like that. Um, nothing major, you know, but I, I just love being outdoors, I guess. It was a typical uh, typical Irish kid. Um, during the summertime, it was, you, were, you were outdoors from 8 a.m. to you were, your mother was screaming at you to get back in because it was mm. getting dark, you know. Mm. Um, so I, I, I love being outdoors. I love being at the beach. I love being up the side of hills and stuff like that. And, you know, I guess as... Um, as time went on, I grew up and I, I was in school and doing exams and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I suppose it's it's good to mention, uh, like like you did, that that my kind of obsession, I guess, is a good word to use, came from um, just just how how difficult I can see that life is for my cousin Mary. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that might be a simple thing, but um, you know, I was sitting there at uh, 17 years old and I decided that I wanted to do my first marathon to raise money for spina bifida. Mm-hmm. Um, at at the time, I guess uh, I suppose, and I'll keep it brief. My cousin Mary lives in Kildare, which is about maybe three and a half hours away from from me here in Dingle. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and they have a house down here. And as Mary grew older, her condition worsened, and um, so they had to basically rebuild the whole bottom floor of their house to wow. suit Mary's needs. Mm-hmm. Um, at that time, they moved to Kerry, and I suppose at that time, I actually saw more of her. Um, and at that time, when I was kind of seventeen, going on eighteen. Mm-hmm. I saw actually firsthand. I was like, "Oh, okay, hold on. This is a, <laughs> this is a big problem." You know what I mean? And it's um, it's not something that we can we can fix by just doing one marathon. But look, let's make a start. Let's do one marathon. Mm. So I there I was innocently uh, signed up to do my first marathon, the Dingle Marathon, which is a, uh, a hilly marathon. Anybody who in Ireland who's listening, it's it's one of the tougher ones in the country, without a doubt. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but you know me being a naive 17 year old I was like ah piece of cake I got it like no problem <laughs> um, you know and all I was doing was playing football so I was like ah, I'm fit enough but as we know they don't cross over yeah. um, so I signed up had an issue um, I was too young to do it so uh, I signed up my cousin's name uh, again <laughs> and uh, did it we, but the thing is we raised 8,000 euros wow. um, which was uh, kind of a you know, and and to date, we're 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 heading for three hundred grand over the last couple of years, which is a, uh, you know, I, I guess literally uh, <laughs> things kind of steamrolled from there. Yeah. But I was always into fitness, and I was always into into training, and I always wanted to be outside. And I was that kid when we played football that when when the trainer made you run, mm-hmm. I was the only kid that was excited about that part of training. You know, so <laughs> I guess there was a bit of running in me. Um, my dad was a really good runner as a kid as well. Um, you know, so I think there's there's definitely something there, yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, and when you got more and more into marathon running, running your second, third, fourth, and so on, when you run with other participants, Shane, do you feel as though you are competing against them, or is the competition more with yourself? Um, it's definitely changed, Kevin, a hundred percent. Um, I suppose back then, I you know I, I wanted to run for others. Um, I so I, a lot of what I do is for other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, even look, I don't mean to be jumping the gun, but the twenty-four marathons, twenty-four days, that's I ran that for other people, you know, I wasn't, I guess, you know, internally in, in a dark and twisted kind of way, I was competing against myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I suppose it does get to stage as an endurance athlete. You, you do want to toe the line and, and things like that. And, you know, I have an Ironman, another Ironman in a couple of weeks now, and I'll be looking to maybe be there, thereabouts in my age group, you know. But I, I try to, which is difficult, I try to keep that stuff separate to my, uh, to the, the kind of mad multi-day endurance stuff. But I, I think definitely starting out, um, and it's the case for a lot of people, really, you just want to, I guess, uh, race yourself, mm. um, you know, and, and, and I even I wouldn't even use the word race, really. I, I run against yourself, yeah. you know, and then obviously, you know, it's it's an addictive it's an addictive thing, as we all know. Mm. Um, you know, you just want to keep getting better and better, and you keep learning from people as well. And I, I know you guys are... Uh, I just allude to him really quickly. You know, you guys had Ian Keith on the show there like a couple of couple of episodes ago, and um, mm-hmm. I mean, like he, he's he's basically my idol <laughs> when it comes to uh, the kind of stuff that I want to do. You know, and uh, I would have heard about him kind of over the last couple of years, and then actually at the Outsider Awards this year, I was standing up on stage, and he was to my right, and I was just like, mm-hmm. you know what? I don't even care about the awards. The fact that I'm standing here beside Ian Keith is a is a huge motivation yeah. for me, and. You know, I've I've watched this guy for years, so not not that I'll ever actually get to compete against him because I'm not at that level yet. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's 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 definitely uh, it's definitely something to aim for, yeah. Yeah, now Ian Keith is such a special individual with what he's uh, sure accomplished. Is. Yeah. Now, now, Shane, you also, as I mentioned in the beginning, you have your own business, a WK Fitness, uh, which you have the yeah. ambitions of expanding internationally at some point. That can be rather demanding. How do you find the right balance between doing that and running? in marathons and taking on challenges to, to raise money for Spina Bifida? It's, it's, I'm gonna, I, I could come up with a really, really cool and kind of fancy answer here, Kevin. It's, it's extremely difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, it is extremely difficult. I, I guess, you know, I've been very, very grateful over the last maybe four or five years that, um, you know, we, we have a very, very good team. And again, anytime I bring it back to the running for a second, anytime I, I talk or I speak or anything like that, mm-hmm. so I always use the word we. Like we, we raised 140,000 euros during the 24 Martins because I, I just, I didn't do it on my own. And if you try going about these things on your own, whether it's in, in the ultra endurance stuff, the multi-day things or the, uh, the business world, mm-hmm. more often than not, you may succeed, but you may struggle or you may fail. So if you surround yourself with, with the right people that are, you know, and you, your strengths complement each other, 
then you can get places, you know. And I think that's critical when it comes to, to crews and stuff like that for ultra events or even business partners when it comes to business. Yeah. Um, so me and my business partner, Mark, um, we've worked incredibly hard over the last six years, you know, and we, we've been very grateful to make some good contacts and, and, and to, to build some good relationships. And we do a lot of work over in the States and... We do a lot of work, particularly in Connecticut, which is about an hour, maybe and a half north of Manhattan, mm-hmm. um, in a university there. We've built some good contacts there. So, you know, it's definitely something that we're looking at um, 100%. Um, I mean, you know, I, in, in the fitness industry, uh, the United States is is, is the mecca, really, um, which is the closest to us. You know, other than that, it would probably be uh, Australia or somewhere like that, you yeah. know. Um, but, you know, it's we're both young. Uh, we're both eager. We're both... Uh, determined and it, like again try, trying to cross the two of them over it is difficult and mm. um, but i think you, you actually uh i think over the last five years i have a phd in time management um you know it's it's just it's it's important that you you manage your time properly and i think mm. it's actually a common trait among a lot of uh people um men and women into this kind of uh crazy stuff <laughs> yeah. we can we can manage our time pretty well you know mm. and i guess as well, not to, not to ramble on, but I think that they do complement each other, you know. Yeah. Um, I mean, the struggles of an, of an ultramarathon or the struggles of running <laughs> 24 days back to back, I mean, mm-hmm. it's same same in business. You feel like you're never going to get there and then, you know, when you, when you just keep plugging away, you, you do see a bit of light at the end of the tunnel and you mm-hmm. can you get, you can get, get to where you want to go, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Now, Shane, you've been mentioning the 24 uh, marathons and 24-day challenge. But before that, in 2014, you did half of that, 12 marathons in 12 consecutive days. Where did that idea come from? Uh, This is a funny story. So um, we founded our business in 2013. Mm -hmm. And we grew grew quite quickly, uh, as most startups do. And... We we outgrew our premises in Dingle, and we 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 um we looked at taking on a seven thousand square foot unit, which mm-hmm. is pretty big for our little town. Um, you know, everything was going great. I, I we we bought a we bought a van for the for the business, like a a Volkswagen Caddy van, you know, and it's got a bit of space in the back for equipment and things like that. And I, I my my dad is a he's he's a pretty clever guy, and he uh, he told me not to buy this particular van, mm-hmm. anyways. And uh, you know, being me being a young eager guy, I was after driving half across the country to look at it. So I was like, no, I'm going to buy it anyway. Um, that backfired on me terribly, and I drove to uh, Dublin for a conference actually, and uh, I woke up on the Sunday morning, and the van that I had just bought would not start. Um, <laughs> so I called my dad, as you do, mm-hmm. and he told me basically to uh, f off and uh, run home. So. <laughs> I didn't actually run home, but I got my van fixed uh-huh. and I clocked it. And I had it in my head. I wanted to do something else. You know, I want like again, no, no disrespect to the marathon or the marathon distance, but I knew in order to make a change, I needed to do something different. Yeah. Um, I needed to do something kind of, kind of wacky, I guess. Really, um, you know. So I, I, there was kind of roots of an idea growing in my mind, but I didn't know that that what it was going to be. And mm. um, so I drove home from Dublin, clocked it from from Dublin to to my house, and. Uh, it was working on about nine marathons and I kept it to myself, you know, and I said, look, I think from a fundraising perspective, we're going to have to go into double figures at least, mm. you know. Um, so a couple of months later, I was up again for another seminar and uh, drove home again via the back roads and things like that. And I got it up to 11. So I was like, all right, here we go. <laughs> so I rounded up to 12 and uh, yeah, I ran. 12 mar- I ran from Dublin to Dingle, um, so it's from the middle of the country to the, to the to the east where Dublin is, down to the very very southwest corner um, where my little hometown is is, uh, and it's it's, it's called Dingle. So that, mm. that was that was a that was my first real um, 
my first real immersion really into mm. kind of multi-day endurance stuff. Um, I mean, the best way to learn about it is just to do it. And yeah. I think a lot of people will uh, will agree with that. You know, there is no, uh, you can read a lot of books and listen to a lot of podcasts, but it's it's to throw yourself in there and, and to give mm. it a go, you know. And obviously it was, it was actually, it was difficult, obviously. Um, but I enjoyed it. And I, I guess, you know, again, you finish these things, you're like, oh, yeah, it was good. But, it, you know, there's, I, I can do more. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's it's the first thing that comes into your head. Well, yeah. after you know, a couple of days after you know, when the when the uh, when the buzz is gone and everything like that, mm-hmm. and you're like, I'm actually okay. I can I can could do that again, you know. Mm-hmm. And then after a while, you know, my, my cousin Mary, her, her condition deteriorated a little bit again, and I was like, you know what, this isn't uh, this isn't good enough. <laughs> I need mm-hmm. to do something else, you know. And as time went on, I, I got to meet other. Um, Families from around Ireland, um, kids especially, um, people living on their own with with spina bifida or hydrocephalus, mm-hmm. and I, I quickly realised that it was Christmas of fifteen, actually Christmas Eve of fifteen. Um, my cousin Mary and her family were down in Kerry, where close to where we live, and uh, you know I called over to see her as we do. It's kind of a family thing. We call to each other on Christmas Eve, and you know I said to my mom when I got home, I said, you know, Mary's in great form, and uh, she said, yeah, wh- while you're there. Mm. And I was like, what, what, what do you mean while I'm there? And she said, yeah, but you know she's really struggling at the moment. She's in a lot of pain, and but she puts on a brave face when you're there because mm. you make her happy. Mm. You know, so that that hit me like. Um, that hit me like a train and I remember sitting there at Christmas Day being like, what am I going to do? You know, like uh, I, I quickly realized that this isn't the kind of a nine to five thing. This is 24 hours a day. It's not, mm. you know, she's in pain 24 hours a day. She's struggling to sleep. Um, you know, her mother and father find it difficult. Her, her brother and sister are, mm. are, have to deal with it too. So it's, again, it's the, it's the person that's living with the disability, but it's also their family. And, and you know, I then came up to the day, I was like, that's it. it it's 24. That's yeah. my next number because, it's 24 hours a day. It's so hard for somebody, you know. So I said I have to run 24 marathons in 24 days in 24 counties around Ireland because it represents a 24 hours a day mm. and um, for somebody with a with a disability and their family, you know. So yeah. that was a that was a bit of a mad time, you know. I kind of getting in myself into the unknown again, and you know, obviously watching other people achieve similar things around the world, I, I knew it was possible. Mm. And, but I think one of the things that might have stacked against me was was um was my age you know I, I I'm, I'm quite young to be doing um a lot of this kind of multi-day insurance stuff yeah. so I, just, I do have to be careful but uh, I think uh, I think I'm getting a little bit more experience in it now for sure yeah definitely and you mentioned there Shane 24 marathons 24 days would you say this challenge was twice as difficult as what you had done three years prior or did the experience that you gained from the 12 marathons and 12 days come in handy and make it not as challenging yeah, um, really good question. I, I found this, I, I, again, I don't know, maybe people may that have done similar things might agree or disagree with this, but I, I found the first six days the hardest mm-hmm. um, because your body just doesn't know what, what, what's going on. Um, it doesn't know what you're doing to it. And it, 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 you know, you're struggling to recover. Um, but, but you know what? Your body's smart. Uh, it then realizes that this is the situation that I'm in and it, it adapts. Mm-hmm. And I... Um, I, something happened in my shoulder and I don't know what on day 19 and I was in a lot of pain in my right shoulder um, but I ran my fastest marathon on day 19 uh-huh. you know um, so I ran four hours slash day 19 and um, no problem face it perfectly mm. and it, it's just it's just funny you know I, I woke up I remember the film crew showing me clips of me on day 9 and showing me clips of me on day 24 on my last day and I looked better on day 24 than I did on t- day 9 mm. 
you know, so I, I do think that the 12 Martins gave me some experience, um, for sure, um, especially nutritionally and, and things like that, and mm. logistics, definitely. Um, but, it, that, you know, it's, it's, it's funny, you finish these things, and it's like, oh, that, that was great, but, you know, I, you can do something else, you know, and it's, it's uh, I guess it's this constant, uh, it's this constant battle to trying to find uh, how far you can go. Mm, kind of weird, really. Yeah. yeah. And and Shane, do you recall at all the lowest point uh, that was during the twenty four marathon challenge? And I'm also interested to know what pulled you through that dark place, which is inevitable when you take on such an insane challenge. Yeah, it's uh, definitely for me. It was probably day seven, Kevin. Mm-hmm. Um, I started off day seven. I was like, you know, like I said, the first six days were, were the hardest for me. And mm-hmm. um, just, just basically breaking in your body. I found it difficult to, to settle into it, you know, because you, you, you're training for this thing for a year and a half, and then you're thinking about it. And every day you train, you think about it. And every day, you know, you're out walking, or you're out, you're out walking your dog, or you're driving, you're thinking about it. Um, so the first six days were hard to settle in, but day seven, I, I. I I almost, I didn't, it didn't tear. I, I nearly t- tore my, my left calf. And sure. um, I just, I, I was stepping up and down off footpaths and stuff. We were running through a county called Monaghan, mm-hmm. uh, which is up, up, up close enough to, to, to uh, the northern part of the country, actually. Um, and, you know, it was, it was quite hilly that day. And my calf just tightened and tightened and tightened and tightened. And it was, you know, the physio was like, this is, this is going to tear shit if you don't, if you don't get it sorted, if you don't stop mm-hmm. them. I knew if I stopped that it was just going to completely seize up. So I, I finished the day and I still ran like a 4-10 marathon, I think. But it, it just, it, that was, for me, that was very, very difficult because I was seven days in and calf was about to tear. Um, but we, we got through it. It was, it was, uh, it was actually happened to be a day uh, that I was running on my own. There was nobody uh, running with me. Mm-hmm. And the weather was poor. It was windy and it was wet and it was cold. Just typical Irish day. And, um, you know, and it's at those, it's at that point, um, I have a thing, the crew know where I'm suffering when I go quiet. Mm. Uh, I'm quite a, I'm quite a chatty guy, mm-hmm. uh, quite outgoing, but when I, when I uh, lock up and go quiet, that's a sign that, uh, sign that there's some suffering happening. And, and I was, I was quiet after three miles on day <laughs> seven. So they knew there was something up and I, you know, I told them I took a quick break. I said, guys, my, my calf's in trouble. And it's at that point, I guess, you, you find out why you're actually doing it. You know what I mean? I knew why I was doing it, but the meaning really comes to the forefront, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I guess I was thinking about, you know, young kids above in, in, in Donegal and a family down in Cork that's, you know, you know, I said I wanted to raise 100 grand and, and there's, there's families on Ireland that are relying on that money yeah. for me to reach that, that target. So, they can make their lives just 1% better. Mm. Um, you know, and there, there's little kids that, that need new wheelchairs and their parents can't afford it because they need a new wheelchair every two years and all, all these little things like this. And it becomes kind of a... I guess it, it, it's external, but it's... In, and then there's like this internal battle too mm. where I guess, you know, I was... When I'm growing up, like I would have probably not been the most confident kind of guy and things like that. And I would have struggled with my confidence and things like that, you know, so... I think there was two motivations there. Externally, I was I was I was doing it for the people that I that I that I'm doing it for and for mm-hmm. for Spina Bifida. But then there was this this like sick internal fight that I had going on too that I just wanted to beat myself and I just wanted to bury that guy that I was kind mm-hmm. of seven eight years ago. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It, it's really hard to explain, um, but it's uh, it's kind of the only way I can can kind of explain it. You know? But mm-hmm. I, and those days where you struggle, they seem to go on. Forever, they seem yeah. to be like I thought I was out there for eight hours, mm-hmm. and 
you know, because it was wet and cold and raining. And But uh, we got over it. I had a good day, day eight. And, you know, I got into double figures and I started to kind of, but, but yeah, by, by kind of day 18, 19, I felt like that my body was starting to adapt mm-hmm. a small bit. Um, but uh, no, it was, like I said, it was, you know, you just, you take those, you take those days and you try your best yeah. to get over them and, mm. and look forward to the next day, you know. Mm. And Shane, you're busy talking there about uh, the thoughts that were running through your head as well as the pain that you had in your calf. And that uh, goes in nicely to my next question, which is about which was more difficult for you to overcome during the 24 marathons? Was it the physical or the mental battle? Um, good question. Um, I, I, I'm going to say, I'm, I'm going to say mental. Um, and, I, and I'll tell you why. Mm. It's it's really like I said I'm I'm a, I'm a very very easygoing and outgoing guy like it's not you know it wouldn't take a lot to kind of uh, you know it'd take a lot to really stress me out um, you know so and I think that comes into my training too I like to just head off and train and not be too kind of uh, crazy about things you know mm. but I think what happened was as my body was starting to adapt I I, I just found that you know it was hard to sleep at night you know when you're training you have a good night's sleep every night you have a good breakfast every morning. But you're running a marathon every day. Your your body's under stress. Um, so you wake up in the morning. Your 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 shoulders down to your feet are sore. Mm. You stand up out of bed and you, you're uh, you know you're just about to be able to stand up straight. And you look at the clock and in, in two hours time you're starting another marathon. <laughs> and you know that in your head today is very hilly. <laughs> Things like that. So you know and and and. I guess you know the days before we started and we were at the we were up to the start point in Donegal. You know, I was very I was chatting with the crew in the mornings and having breakfast with them. And just the, there was mornings during the twenty four marathons I just woke up and I just didn't want to talk to anybody. I would mm-hmm. get on to breakfast and I would sit at the opposite end of the whole breakfast hall in the hotel mm-hmm. and look at the wall and just not talk to anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, that that bothered me because I like I knew that I should have been chatting to people and happy and. You know, so I think that that was difficult, mm. um, and as well, this is this is funny. I had a chat with, with somebody about this the other day, and uh, you know, it's I guess it was ten, ten, eleven days in there, thereabouts. You know, or even twelve days in, we say the halfway point, and mm. and someone just out like they meant well, but somebody passed the comment saying, "Oh, sure, you're nearly there." Mm-hmm. I was like. I was like, what? I still have 300 miles to run. What, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, that's what I said in my head. I didn't say it out loud. Mm. And uh, that I remember that day that really annoyed me. Um, I was I was I was 20 miles into day 12, mm. you know. So heading on to day 13, and 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 uh, that just like pissed me off. Uh, big time. I kept it internal, and I mm. didn't really share that. But I was like, the, the, the person meant well. So that was that was constantly going on as well, you know, in my head. And I mean, the first four or five miles every day, um, mentally were 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 pretty tough. I mean, you could run, but it was quite painful, yeah. you know. So. I knew once I got to the 10k mark, like it took 10k every day for me to really warm up mm-hmm. and to get moving properly. And um, but I knew once as I got to when 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 my watch beeped at 10k, I knew that all right, well, look, you're, you got another one under the belt. Let's let's keep it going. I knew if I got to 10k every day that I was going to finish the day. And yeah. um, you know, so I think mentally, it was definitely. Uh, Definitely a bit more difficult than, yeah. than the physically, but yeah. somebody else might, might disagree with that. <laughs> well, it's interesting, though, how the mind games and the moods can have such an impact on on the actual running of each marathon on each day. But mm-hmm. I'm interested to know, Shane, how long in advance before you took on the 24 Marathon Challenge did you start training? And what, what, what were some of the things you did to make sure that you were in the best possible shape physically? Yeah, I guess, like, a lot of, a lot of you know, I, I, was, I was obviously training for a couple of Ironman and stuff like that, which mm-hmm. kept me aerobically very fit. Um, you know, and, and, and to be honest, Kevin, I, I, like you, there's no training plan 
for <laughs> to run twenty four miles yeah, in twenty four days, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's it's it's. I figure a lot of like you know. I, I reach out to guys who, who have done similar things before. I mean, uh, you know, following guys in the states, and we have a, obviously you know watching the guys like Ian Keith and the younger man and, and Ireland Jerry Duffy who've done similar things, and mm-hmm. you know, just just watching those guys and you know seeing what they did and seeing what what worked for them, what didn't work for them. I mean, you know, if somebody you know this this time next year does the exact same thing we could have two completely different approaches or two completely different training Mm -hmm. methodologies and we might both still succeed you know so I just had to figure out what worked best for me and you know I I, I got as much volume in as I could and I stopped doing any kind of speed work and stuff like that because I didn't really need it Mm -hmm. and you know so a lot a lot of volume a lot of um like like multiple ten like days of, of ten milers, twelve milers, half marathons. You know, I, I I conditioned myself to where running when I was sore felt normal. And mm. um, you know, so usually you know, anytime I'm helping anybody with their training or anything like that, if they're sore and they're fatigued and tired, it's time to take a rest day. Well, I kind of had to flip that in his head because I wanted to make it as specific as I could, or or, or try and replicate it in some way. Um, I did a couple of kind of big training weekends where I played around with my nutrition. Um, so I would run a mar- maybe 20 miles on a Friday, do an actual marathon race on the Saturday, and run, a- run another 20 miles on the Sunday. And what I would do is I would, I would eat a different breakfast and a different dinner every morning mm-hmm. and just take note of how I felt on- upon recovery the next morning and how-, how was my stomach and how did I feel running that day and, you know, little things like that. And mm-hmm. I... You know, it, it just, it, it, and obviously one of the, the, the huge thing, and this is coming from my, my uh, kind of strength and conditioning background, it was for me to stay injury-free. That mm. was that was huge. You know, it, you're trying to push push the barrier a small bit physically and, and, and training-wise, but you're also trying to, to keep a hold of it and, and stay injury-free because yeah. going into something like this with a niggle or an injury, um, it's it's a recipe for disaster, you know, and I, 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 I agree with, I'm not sure who said this, or maybe I said it to myself. I don't really know. And I, I was much better off to go into something like this 10% undertrained mm-hmm. rather than 1% overtrained. Um, because you know, I, I just I'd be afraid that the, the the wheels would fall off the wagon and like mm-hmm. an injury and something like that. You're, you're not getting a chance to recover on a, on a day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it was it was get as fit as I could mm-hmm. and keep it consistent. Uh, make it specific so I train the last days after day after day after day mm. on sore legs I mean you, you'd run on, you'd run for two and a half three hours and you come in and you're working for nine hours straight in the gym yeah. so it felt like you ran another two hours <laughs> just just walking around and showing people exercises and things like that you know mm. so you'd be pretty tired by night um, and we'd get up in the morning do another 10 miles and, and, and just keep keep it consistent and but to stay injury free too, that was that was my key. Mm. Well, you mentioned they're staying injury free during during the twenty four days. Uh, Shane, is that was that a genuine concern or fear that you had, and how did you try to put that out of your mind to say, you know, everything's going to be okay? Yeah, I think it is something you have to consider. I mean, like doing doing, doing things like this, you know, you you are going to get injured. That's mm. that's the. Uh, that's that's the nature of the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, what what I did, what I did, what I did again was I, I broke it up into four day blocks, okay. and then I, I broke it up further again. To, I know it's on cliche, but I just took every day as it came. And then what I did was I broke every day into four ten k's um, mentally, and I, I found that to be a huge help for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you're starting, you know, you're starting at the again on morning twenty. 
and you're like, okay, let's just look. We got four 10Ks and that's it. And get to rest then again. And, you know, obviously working with a physio every evening helps. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and, and some, some were fantastic. And then some, you know, were, were nearly a little bit afraid even to work on me, you know. So I, I just I just found that, you know, obviously the calf issue. I, I knew because I suppose, look, when you, when, you, when you do stuff like this, you, you really learn a lot about your body mm-hmm. um, you know obviously I, I respect physios very much so and I respect doctors very much so but you yourself you know the best of what's going on when you do this kind of stuff and mm-hmm. I suppose you try to pick out any, if there's any red flags and obviously day 7 with the calf was a, was a big red flag for me and I'll even fast forward to, to day 19 um, when my right shoulder packed in it didn't bother me mm-hmm. because it wasn't my legs you know what I mean I know that might sound strange but I I was just so happy that I picked up an injury in my upper body and um, you know it's just repetitive movement to my arms yeah. and I was you know the crew asked me God like are you okay and stuff I was like, I was like guys like I'm fine it's just my shoulder I mean mm-hmm. my legs are grand that's that's what we need my legs mm-hmm. you know so I, I can I can run with an injured shoulder but you know if it was my hip or my knee or my ankle you know so it, it just took it day by day um, I recovered as best I could and, and, and tried to uh you know, like I said, you learn a lot about your body when you're doing these things, and uh, you know you listen to your signals the best you can. And mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> there's, some, there's a bit of looking in as well. I guess uh, I'd be lying if I didn't say that. You know, like yeah. I, I could I could I could start it again tomorrow, and I could I could I could get injured in day two, and yeah. that's it. You know, but there's a there's a bit of looking involved too. You know. Yeah, definitely. Well, Shane, you have just turned 26 years old, so happy belated birthday! <laughs> Thanks very much. <laughs> well, you are still relatively young. Have you? thought about needing to perhaps slow things down a bit with your marathon running challenges for the sake of perhaps not suffering from burnouts or even injuries that that could have a long-term impact yeah no no good good question and i i talk about it quite a lot kevin and i you know i i work quite closely with um with a hospital here in in, in about 40 minutes away mm-hmm. um you know obviously I, i'm very and I, I'm, re, I'm big into scientific research and I'm big into researching. Uh, I'm reading a lot of stuff from a, from a doctor called Dr. Phil Maffetone. Mm-hmm. And if there's any if there's any endurance athletes out there, I would 100% recommend you, you read and study Dr. Phil Maffetone's work. Um, you know, it, I, I keep a very, very close eye on my heart. Um, I, I get ectograms and ECGs done every kind of three months or so mm. um, because your heart is your engine really um, when, when you when you think about it with this kind of stuff mm-hmm. um, so I would work really close with my doctor and you know, I trust him and I trust the, the team and the, the cardiology unit in, in, in Tralee um, you know and I guess again I know it's a serious question but I, and I'm just going to share one, one kind of funny story mm-hmm. <laughs> I was there you know I went into the cardiology unit about two months before the 24 marathons mm-hmm. And I went in exactly three weeks after I finished to the day. And, you know, I met the, the same consultant again and we did the same tests. And my average heart rate was up one beat. <laughs> and I asked why. And he said he didn't know because my blood pressure was up a little bit too. And we figured it out that I actually went for a couple of drinks Saturday night with my friends in Bingo. <laughs> so he thinks that's why that my heart rate was up. And, he, you know, he said, look... I, if I was doing my job properly, mm-hmm. it'd be wrong for me to tell you to stop. Mm-hmm. So I was like, so I'm good to go. <laughs> and he was like, if I told you to stop, I wouldn't be doing my job. Yeah. I was like, you can say it, doctor. Can I, can I keep going? And he was like, I, it'd be, if, I, if, I didn't, if I told you to stop, I wouldn't be doing my job. He didn't actually say <laughs> yeah. it. He wanted to say it. Mm-hmm. I was like, could you write it down for me or something? But he, um, you know, he, he basically said, look, 
he said, your, your organs are perfect, your bones are perfect, mm-hmm. your heart is next to perfect. He said, look, as long as you feel okay, you can keep going, you know. So, yeah. look, it, it is something I'm obviously quite conscious about, especially at my age, you know. Um, and, like, I do want to, you know, I do want to continue doing this, mm-hmm. doing marathons and Ironmans until I'm, until I'm 70. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that's, that's the... Uh, that's that's the that's the dream for me. But mm-hmm. I think one of the things I've also kind of switched, and it, it does touch on the health thing, mm-hmm. is I think with endurance athletes, I think we, we we do get things wrong sometimes. Like we're not perfect by any means. Mm-hmm. But my goal now is obviously you know to push push my limits and stuff like that. But my goal now as an endurance athlete is is to be healthy. Yeah. Um, that's my number one priority. Um, I mean, I've got a business to run. I've got people that rely on me. Um, you know, I've got a family, um, and I like my family. I don't have any wife or kids, but my own family. You know, and I, I think it's it's important that you make your health a priority. I actually write about it, and I, I speak about it quite a lot. That health has to be your priority because mm. when health is your priority, everything else comes. Um, I mean, there's a lot of endurance athletes and uh, and people who perform at a very high level out there that, but they're not healthy. Mm-hmm. And, and that's not sustainable for me. So you know, I, I've kind of come up with a, a theory that as long as I stay healthy, I can I can uh, I can keep going. You know, and I listen to my body, and, and that that tells me, um, thumbs up or thumbs down. And so far, it's been been thumbs up. You know, fantastic. And obviously, staying healthy all the time is so so important. Now, Shane, you are now a year away from taking on the biggest and most daunting <laughs> challenge of your life, as you will be attempting yeah. to run and cycle across America from California. California to New York City. Could you tell our listeners more about this incredible adventure you are set to embark on and is it part of some world record attempt? Yeah, and it's funny just after talking about should I take a break? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, look, I, I suppose i give you a, a brief background. Um, I obviously am an ambassador for, for Spina Bifida mm-hmm. Ireland and, and, and after the back of the 24 marathons we raised 140 grand, wow. um, and I hope there are some people out there who, who may who may realise that you know when when you do this kind of thing and and you do these these events, you realise that when you finish and you you're, you recover, you're like again in in a kind of a sick way, you're a bit disappointed because you didn't reach your limit. Mm-hmm. If that makes and that might be hard for some people to understand, but it's a strange thing and. You know, I obviously, like I said, we do a lot of work in the States. And, and three weeks after the 24 marathons, I was in Connecticut with the university mm-hmm. that we do some work with. I was sitting in the cafe and I got a phone call from, from Tom in Spina Bifida. And, and, and it, I, usually when I'm away, they would email me or, or text. But I found it strange. And he said, look, I have some bad news. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously I, I got a bit worried on the spot. And, you know, he said, no, look, it's nothing bad. And well, it is that, you know, our, our funding has been cut by 50 grand again. Wow. And that, that made me very, very angry, you know, just mm. after we went to all this trouble and I put myself through what I did mm. to help cover up the funds that were cut last year. And they get caught again mm. because we raised so much money during the 24 marathons. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a very uh, backward system. And, you know, I was in that cafe for maybe three hours doing some work on my computer. And I was just sitting there and, I, you know, I just literally on the spot, I was like, yeah, I'm going to cross America. You know, I, I said, people in Ireland are going to get sick of me, so I need to leave Ireland for a while and then maybe come back in a couple of years. You know, I, I said, now, in my heart, I want to run the whole thing, but logistically, I, I can't rely on a crew to come with me for over 100 days. You know, I think it would take me over 100 days to run it. Mm. Um, so I said, look, I've done 12, I've done 24. 
the next number's got to be 36. I like, I like, I'm a bit weird like that. I like having my have my numbers then. Mm-hmm. Um, so I said, so I, I, what I'm going to do is I'm going to ultra marathon, ultra size my way across America in 36 days mm-hmm. from the Golden Gate Bridge to the Brooklyn Bridge. So I'm gonna I'm gonna cycle 250k a day for three days, and then I'm gonna run 50k a day for three days. So that's six days, and I'm just gonna repeat that cycle six times. And uh, mathematically, it should get me to New York in, in 36 days. Um, with with regards records and stuff like that, I have absolutely no idea. Um, but to be honest, I, I don't even I'm not even gonna look into it. I, I you know I'm not in the that I, I'm not even sure if I'm at the record breaking caliber just yet, but. You know what? I, I might get there someday, but my my main goal now is to, uh, you know, is is it, this time next year I want to be healthy, and I know mm-hmm. if I'm healthy, I'll, I'll achieve what I want to achieve. And obviously, it's going to be a a bigger task again. I mean, we're going across the whole continent in three time zones and altitude and, and deserts, and it's yeah, it's going to be absolutely yeah. nuts. But I'm, um, you know, and I have a fundraising goal of two hundred grand, which is again going to be the next. It's it's. It'll be the single most amount of money that the charity have ever ever fundraised. Mm. So, uh, you know that 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 itself is motivating for me. Yeah. You know, going from the Pacific Ocean to the Atlantic Ocean and, and saying, yeah, you covered the whole continent on on foot and on tire. Mm. So uh, that's 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 my next journey, and I'm, I can't wait. To be honest. Yeah. No, it's an incredible undertaking, and to do such a massive challenge, it obviously requires quite a bit of planning and also funding to to get it there. How is that all coming along? Yeah, it's, look again. I, I could say again, I come out with a very, very fancy answer here, Kevin. It, it's incredibly difficult. It's mm-hmm. very, very difficult. You know, I, I, I suppose what I'm doing off the back of the 24 marathons, we got some really, really good, good PR. We got some great sponsors, um, and I've, I've basically what I've been doing. I've been going back to them and saying, guys, look, here's the story. I'm going again. Look, I want to be affiliated with you guys. I'd love you guys who want to be affiliated with us. Mm-hmm. Let's make, let's build a relationship and see what we can do. Uh, you know, we're working with some kind of multinational companies and stuff like that that are based in Ireland and, and the US. Um, I mean, little things again, like if a company would ask me to come and speak, I would speak, but I would give them a discount if I could meet with their HR team after we speak. Mm. And, you know, I, I would sit down with the HR team and I, I, I'd tell them what we're doing and, and say how it's going to benefit them and how it would benefit us. And mm. that, that's basically how we be going. We don't have a massive, we've no PR team, we've no... Uh, you know, we've no we've no huge fundraising team. It's it's uh, it's building relationships, building contacts, and and, and uh, you know we're, we're kind of relying off the help of others really. So um, that's what we did for the 24, and uh, that's that's how what we're going to do again. Uh, but with regards to planning, yeah, it's, I've already made one trip to San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Um, the 24 Martins was actually filmed for a documentary, um, so we did a screening over there. We got to meet some uh, some Irish businessmen and, and Irish people based out there, which which were very handy, and they were very very helpful and welcoming to us. And mm. um, so that's fantastic. And I'm, I'm, I've got a, actually uh, Ironman in Lake Placid, New York, in a couple of weeks. So I'm gonna you know, get my Ironman done, and then hopefully get down to the city to uh, to do the same to, mm. to meet some Irish Irish business people and Irish groups and communities, and you know, muster up a bit of support there too. Brilliant. And have you started physically preparing yourself, or do, or does that training only happen closer to the time? Yeah, um, good question. Um, you know. When you, when you do these things, Kevin, like, like I, I'm, I, I'm nine weeks out from Ironman. I, mm. I know I'm in Ironman mode now, but I'm like, I'm out in a long run. I'm still thinking of like, I can't wait to run through Nevada, mm-hmm. you know. And I, but even though I should be thinking about <laughs> Ironman <laughs> and running off the bike and stuff, which I do a lot of, but it, it, you know, I think in the back of my head, it's still in my mind. Um, 
you know, it, it, it will be until the day I get there, you know. But I think, you know, I, I'll, I'll hopefully be there, thereabouts for Lake Crafted. I'll have a good race. Mm. Um, I'll come home. Um, I'll do my my my, uh, my local marathon here in Dingle. Um I was very, very lucky to get into the ballot for Chicago, which I'm very excited about. I've never done Chicago. Mm. Um, and then once I was in Chicago, I'm actually flying out to Australia. Um, mm. A very good friend of mine, Tony, is living in Adelaide. Um and he's a he's a good athlete, so I'm gonna train with him for a month mm-hmm. in the heat, then come home and uh, bunker down and hit hit get the turbo trainer set up in my garage and you know try and run in the Irish winter and, and mm-hmm. tough myself up a bit for the for the America trip. Yeah, fantastic. And how do you weigh up the risks, Shane, that are attached with such a demanding challenge like this one and the sort of impact it could have on your body? I, I'm completely I'm at, I'm at ease with 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 knowing that there is a very very high risk of failure mm-hmm. um, with this. I think that's what. Again, it might sound a bit strange. I think that's what makes me want to do it. Mm. Um, you know, I knew the risk going into the 24 marathons. Um, I know the risk going into this um, altitude, heat. Um, realistically, we, we won't be able to afford to bring a doctor on the crew with us. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so look, I guess the crew are going to have to rely on me to tell them what's happening with my body, and yeah. I'm going to have to rely on the, cl- the crew to, uh, to to you know to keep tabs on me too. Um, mm. It's it's going to be difficult, Kevin. I'm not going to lie. Um, there are some questions right now I probably don't have the answers to. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's uh, I think that's an Irish thing, to be honest. <laughs> we like to wing things, as you know. Mm. Um, but I, I tell you one thing: when I get there, it, it won't be winged. Um, I'll be probably and um, even now. Look, to be honest, I'm, I'm I don't know if I, I I'm, I'm almost if not in, in better shape than I was mm. going into the 24 marathons and so I know but when the time comes that I'll, I'll be ready both both physically and, and mentally and you know medically professionally I'll be I'll be I'll be cleared and I'll be ready to go mm. and after that it's uh, trust yourself trust your crew and um get to Broken Bridge. That's, mm. that's my goal. Yeah, we're looking so forward to it. Now, lastly, Shane, are you thinking about anything else beyond this next challenge in the USA? Are there any other challenges out there that you've heard of or, or thought about that you might consider doing, say, within the next five years? Ultra-distance stuff, no. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm completely, I'm tunnel vision on America, to be mm-hmm. honest. Mm-hmm. Um, with regards to charity work and fund, fundraising, a lot of this kind of, a lot of this kind of mad stuff, Kevin, I would, I'm going to be doing, I'm doing it for charity mm. and I will be until the day I need to stop or the, the, the day I do stop. Um, personally, um, I do want to get to Kona. I do want to go to the Ironman World Championships as an Irish athlete. That is a huge personal goal of mine. Um, I know myself that I'm getting close. I'm, I'm probably three or four years out from that at the moment mm. um, but personally I, I do want to go to the Ironman World Championships in Hawaii as an Irish athlete mm. um, and, and then you know when I have that box ticked it'll be uh, it'll be something else you know <laughs> I'd love I'd love 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 to do the Mont Blanc Ultra mm. um, out, out in France obviously and you know but other than that I'm, I'm tunnel vision on, on a Mm. Tunnel vision on, on San Francisco to New York, and then after that, you know, we, we'll see. I, I like I said, I, I do want to get the Ironman World Championships, but uh, mm. for now, it's uh, it's it, it me ahead for San Francisco. Yeah, well, these next twelve months are possibly just going to fly by as you gear up towards your cross-country challenge in America. We wish you all the best for that, and we appreciate you sharing your thoughts and experiences with us uh, uh, from your previous challenges. Also, keep up the brilliant work you're doing for Spine Bifida Hydrocephalus Island. Thank you for joining us on the Hardest Nails podcast, Shane. Thank you so much for having me, Kevin. I really appreciate it.